It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Sunday, January 8th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is taking this special episode to do a special deep dive on three of our young guys, uh, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, and Cam York. We need like a flashing stat like the Flyers use, but we don't have it, so yeah. (laughs) All right, let's get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you will keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. We will be having a mailbag on Wednesday, so get those questions in. We are going to preview tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then we will wrap up with our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Uh, Real quickly, before we get into our preview of tonight's matchup against Toronto, uh, Bobby Brink uh, did indeed start for the Phantoms on Friday night. Uh, He did not play Saturday, but we'll talk about that on Phantoms Tuesday and and what's going on with the crowded roster there. But um, he scored in that first game back, which was really nice to see. He did, but his his skating stride is shorter. Like he, when he yeah. went to go take that shot, he, um, he had to re- lean over a little. He wasn't able to sort of like skate into it. So there's, there, I have a little bit of worry it's about gonna that. It's going to take some time. Yeah. It's definitely going to take some time for him, but always good to see a guy come back like that and get on the board. No doubt. All right. Turning to tonight's matchup versus Toronto. Um, you know, it's it's been interesting since we saw them so recently on December 22nd. Uh, since then, you know, most recently they won versus Detroit 4-1. to one. Pretty solid game for the Leafs. Uh, Samsonov had a good game in net. He'd been struggling a little bit recently. Uh, so that means we'll see Matt Murray mm-hmm. in net uh, tonight. But uh, you know they they did lose to Arizona six to three. They they, they which, can't beat Arizona. I that, know it's this says. weird thing this year. It is, <laughs> it is true. so we got to take them out it of it. True. Like they just can't beat them. Yeah. Well, since December twenty second, they're three two and one. The Flyers are four one and zero. Oh. Uh, you know, take a take that what you will, I guess. But uh, yeah, it, it's a real interesting situation for these two teams tonight. It is. Um, the thing about Murray is he has lost three out of five. The wins have been great and the losses have been bad. So it's like, yeah. the, you know, that's sort of like really accentuated with him. People in Leafland feel like they're just kind of going through this midseason lull. Uh, it's possible. Uh, you know, the um, the plus side for the Leafs is they, you know, through all their injuries, and they've had a lot of injuries, they've been able to work in some of the young guys that we'll talk about. And that's, and that's actually helped them. So, this is a hard game. 
it's going to be a hard game from a possession standpoint like it was last time. Yeah, and in that last game, even though I, I think you know the Leafs were playing a little better, it was kind of before the main part of this lull that you were yeah. talking about. You know, John Tavares had a hat trick in that game. The Leafs were up four to one in that one, if you recall, and mm -hmm. the Flyers scored two goals, but they couldn't quite you know complete that comeback. And it, it was partially because the Flyers just had an inability to take advantage of key situations. Mm -hmm. So they had a terrible five on three power play and up a man at the end of the game. They just couldn't get it done. And, you know, while it wasn't that long ago, I don't feel like the Flyers are quite as bad in those departments now as they were then. No, I think that's fair to say. I mean, they certainly could do a little better in those spots, but you know, John Tavares was on a lull and he just scored two goals last night. So he's going to do well against the well, Flyers. Hopefully he got it out of his he system. Didn't. You know, he's going to do well against the I Flyers. Know. He's, he's, it's just <laughs> one of those teams that he performs well against. But as far as, you know, dealing with the Leafs, you still got to deal with their top two lines. You still have to deal with um, guys like Bunting. You still have, who are good in the corners. And now they've added right. Holmberg on the fourth line, who's a, really good center who can get to the net. And the problem is the, the Flyers don't keep anybody out of the net. And that's where they're going to have some trouble, I think, in this game. Yeah, I think there's two parts of the defensive structure there that are going to have to hold for a lot more of the game than it did the last time around. And that's keeping those offensive weapons to the outside better and making sure that the high slot is covered. Right. I think I think that's going to be key because that's especially where a team like the Leafs is going to get second opportunities, right? They'll take that shot from the high slot and without, you know, Flyers defensemen to either sweep the puck out um, to support the goaltender if they allow a rebound, uh, which is going to be Carter Hart, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, so he's a lot better with controlling rebounds, I would say. But mm -hmm. Uh, um, I, I will say that the other thing is that they're going to have to clear net front and be yes. really mindful of that and clearing the net front space, but then also uh, making sure that they continue to do it, right? They don't just clear it once and then allow somebody to skate back in because they've done that before. Right. The issue is um, York's not been very good at clearing the net. He's done some other things to upgrade uh, defensively, but not that. So you almost think that they should play the second pairing against their top line to try and have Risto match up against Matthews and keep him out of the middle. That's what I would do as coach and see how that goes. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about Cam York later in the episode a little bit and uh, some interesting information relative to who he's paired with and, and situationally. So I think that is a very apt point to make for this particular game. Yeah, it's just one of those things you you kind of notice about him. I mean, look, Connect he's hot. He'll always want to do uh, well against the Toronto team, so that's good. Hayes has picked up a little bit, so maybe he'll um he'll continue that. Um Kate still has to do better offensively. He hasn't really done much. And honestly, Sandheim picked up a little bit. He still needs to pick up more offensively. Like I I still expect more out of him, but uh I think it's the bottom six that's actually going to be the the thing in this game because, again, it's going to be hard matching up against their top six. I think, you know, Konechny will get his points because he's been getting them all year. But I think they're going to have to get some some points from guys they haven't been getting them from, not the ones that have been doing it. 
Yeah, and those matchups are going to be key. And I think the Flyers are really lucky that this one is at home because yeah. getting getting the last change is going to be super important, especially because the Leafs just have so much better depth than the Flyers do. Yeah, right Frost now. against Tavares is a tough matchup. I know, I know. And so I think that, you know, to be able to get as ideal matchups as possible, um, especially on stoppages and getting the right D pairing out there to match up with whoever the Leafs put out, I think is going to be a huge part of this game. Yeah, it will be for sure. Um, I think, you know, the other thing is really trying to take advantage of the fact that the Leafs are on the second half of a back-to-back. And really, you know, last time when the Flyers played them, they really only picked up in the third period, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like the first two periods were not great in in that one overall. I think, you know, the Flyers played the Leafs well in that first period, but they didn't have much to show for it. This time it's going to have to be a 60-minute effort. Yeah, and I think they're going to have to really – pour it on early because the Leafs sort of play fast and loose early and always try and show off offensively and have all that puck possession. If you could get them down, then that, take that away. Yeah, yeah. You take that away. That would help. Cause if they get up, if the Leafs get up, they do have a good defense. And actually now that they've added the younger players um, and Giordano really looks like he's rolled back the clock. Um, it's been good. It's better. This is probably the best defense the Leafs have had in a while. Not, and I get they're undermanned, but just in general this year. And when they're at full strength, which they're not yet, uh, they're even going to be better. So this will be uh, an interesting matchup. But, you know, I wouldn't bet on the Flyers. That's all I would say. <laughs> and uh, I'd stay out of the box, too. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, we are going to talk about three of the younger players on the Flyers, kind of do a little bit more of a deep dive into Uh, how they're performing, what we want to see from them, all of that. We're going to start with Margaret Frost and Owen Tippett coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and vitamins and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year of supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Make sure you also check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's a daily show covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the next NHL draft, plus draft rankings, top prospects comparisons for every team. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Russ, I want to start of the three guys we are going to cover today with Morgan Frost. Uh, I think that he has been the most exciting uh, advancement. I think maybe other than Travis Konechny mm-hmm. coming back with a vengeance. I think Morgan Frost's trajectory this season has been one of the most positive things we've seen from the Flyers this season. Uh, So far, he's got Akel's 11 assists for 19 points, which is already more than the point total he had last season in Mm -hmm. 55 games, which is tremendous. I think just to think about, you know, we're not even quite at the halfway mark. And um, he's been playing that well. And since December 1st, he's second on the team with points uh, with 14. Travis Konechny has 21. Uh, He's under a point per game, but uh, rapidly approaching that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look at Travis Konechny's minutes, uh, he's averaging 21.30 per game. And Frost is at 16.49 per game since December 1st. So he's doing this in less minutes than Travis Konechny. So if you just want to kind of look at some apple and pear comparison right there and his face-off win percentage while it's still not above 50 percent um it's getting better he's at 47 percent now if you look at his season total it's 43.7 yeah i mean it's hard to get 50 percent in this league 47 lately is good um that means some games he's 52 and others he's 42 that's fine right. I'm, I'm okay with that um i think there's two things going on here like I don't think he developed much under Mike Yo because Mike Yo just had the shackles on all the time. I think Torts has let some of his offensive players be offensive, also because he knows his team is not really a Stanley Cup contender. Now, after this year when Frost sort of gets used to things, he's getting better on the stretch passes. He's definitely playing better away from the puck. There is going to be a tightening up where he's not going to be able to be as fast as loose, fast and loose like he is against like some teams like the Coyotes. Like that's that is going to change for everybody on this team, but it's not going to be this season. So it's good to let him develop under this. And then, you know, next year he'll have even more confidence and then probably can be a little better all around. Yeah, I think that's one of the advantages of this time in the Flyers' schedule for Morgan Frost is that he's built up a ton of confidence uh, with the puck, without the puck, um, getting much smarter out there when they've played maybe slightly lesser opponents. Mm-hmm. And so he can carry that into these games against tougher opponents and make those adjustments already at a higher level of mm-hmm. confidence. And so I think that's where it helps him that he is at this point where he can and will make those adjustments when they're playing tougher competition because he knows he can do it. Yeah. And the Leafs were his team growing up. His dad worked in the arena. He was the voice of the arena, Andy. So there's always going to be some focus when, when Morgan plays against the Leafs, he's probably always wanted to kind of like do his best against them. So, you know, there's that too. We'll see some of that, but just in general, uh, I have liked the progression. I've liked what I've seen. Uh, I do think there's a chance he could be a third, a second line center in this league. He's definitely a really good third line center. Like I think he's proven that now. And then We'll see if he could be a second line one over time. Yeah, I think that's also where the advantage comes of having to play up in the lineup due to the injuries is that he's getting tougher minutes out yeah. there and playing against you know higher lines of the opponents. And I think, again, that just helps him. So, you know, in this mythic future where Sean Couturier is back at 1C or there's like something else going on with Did the you players. have Cam Atkinson being back in this myth- mythical season or not? I don't know. Future? I don't know. I'm okay. just saying like in, in a more perfect world, 
world where he yeah. is playing 3C, which is what we've always projected, Morgan right. Frost says. Let's be clear, from the beginning, right. we've always said, oh, Morgan Frost, he's going to slot in at 3C eventually. Right, right. You know, and so I think when he does, like, solidify that position, he's going to be a really high-end 3C in this league because he've had, he's had all of this experience. Right, but the, the only change that's going to happen is, since Kevin Hayes failed as a 2C, is probably Noah Cates is going to be the 2C. Right, like that's Although what we I didn't. I don't think perceive. that's a bad thing. As no, long no, no. As Noah, Noah Cates goes on that trajectory that we hope he does. It's, right. It's, it, well, it's good because he's never going to be the offensive guy that Morgan is, but he is clearly better defensively and better on faceoffs. And I think that's why he would be the two C over exactly. Morgan for that reason. But again, if you're a smart coach, you're looking for a little extra offense. You could put the third line out there instead of the second line out there. It's not a big deal. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I, I do think that Morgan Frost is in this prime position to really continue to play well this season. He may have some lulls here and there, but I think that's okay. I think he'll he'll be really just in a good position at the end of this season, having made successful steps forward. Yeah, I agree. And I think, again, he's he's made steps. He's going to continue to make steps. I, I'm just really happy with what he's done. And uh, I think everybody probably is off his back at this point. I think he had some detractors early this year. I can't imagine you'd be a detractor anymore. I just can't exactly. imagine. Uh, moving over to Owen Tippett. Uh, he's third in scoring on the team with 21 points, uh, 12 goals, nine assists, uh, is a negative six. So he's like a little sketchy on the defensive side of things and you can tell that from the eye test too when you watch him play right he's mm -hmm. a guy that goes up the rush and takes his shot and uh, you know we've talked about his playmaking skills that they need to improve that he can't just be the shooter he has to work yeah. in conjunction with that line and it's interesting um having him on the line with frost and jvr uh, i think that is going to help him as a playmaker because jvr is going to want to be net front and Owen Tippett is going to need to dish him the puck. Yeah, it hasn't worked out exactly like that yet, but it should in theory. It should. That's what I'm saying is that it should right. improve those skills in theory. Yeah, he, he's gotten most of his assists with that from what I could see looking at it with Konechny and, and Frost. And, and so if he's got one of those guys on his line that definitely helps him in that part of his game, for his goal scoring part of his game, though, he is not getting around the net enough. He's around 14% on his net goals, and everything's really out by the circles. You know, yep. left circle more. If I'm looking at – it's not the goalie looking out. If I'm looking at the goalie, then it's left side is where he's scoring a lot and right side not as much. But if you're looking from the goalie out, then it's, you know, the other way. Sometimes I just – that's the way I just explain it because it's just I'm a left-right impaired guy so <laughs> and that's how why it was a problem for him on the power play too when they had him on the other side on his offside it just wasn't good so they figured that out but they haven't really unlocked this other part of his game and i think the defensive part of his game is still not good and that's another yeah. thing because if his defensive game were stronger he does have good speed he could create more off of that which he's not really doing much of it or if any at all right now that way yeah if he like just back checked a little bit better 
I think, you know, he could be the one stealing the puck away right at the blue line and then just right. taking it down the other end right away. Right. Right. And, and then and, he'd be you, a real threat. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of it with his defensive play that if he just like, again, just worked a little harder on the back check, he has the speed to catch mm -hmm. guys. Um, you know, it's just a matter of can he steal the puck away on the rush like that versus in a more stable environment for, you know, when the other team is set up. Right. Can he poke yeah. back on the move as well? And I don't know that he's quite there yet, but he certainly needs to get better at that. Yeah. The one thing, and this is not his fault, but this has been with roster construction um, other than Morgan Frost and Konechny and, and Hayes when, when he, you know, when he's right, there's not a lot of playmakers on this team. When they lost Giroux, they lost Voracek, you know, they all, they, they, made an emphasis on getting scoring when they, you know, they traded for Tippett. He's a scorer. There's not enough playmakers on this team. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it too. Um, and, you know, Tippett makes his own plays, but again, that right. doesn't really follow up on them uh, no. quite as much as some of the other guys do. It's and even if you look at some of the prospects, I mean, Denoye could definitely be a, mm -hmm. an assist guy, but he's got a ton of goals and, and Lehigh, Gauthier is is mainly a goal scorer. Brink is mainly a goal scorer. Like they they really lack playmakers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who can maybe step up and fill that role, uh, maybe unexpectedly, or maybe you know yeah. somebody else in the system. I think but... Denoye can. Like he has playmaking yeah. ability. For whatever reason, he's getting goals, but they still need more. Yeah, and it's also interesting because he and Wade Allison are the only two on the team with more goals than assists in this season. And, you know, of course that makes sense when you think about their play. Um, of course, Allison is more limited in games played, but still like right. you look at their stats. Um, whereas like with everybody else, uh, obviously because there are more assists in volume than goals, like everybody else. And well, Travis Konechny's even at 20, right. but um, I think it just shows a lot. Yeah. You can live with it from an Allison perspective because he does give you that other greasiness and, right. and physicality. Um, Tippett, occasional he physicality not much so he doesn't really have that so I, yeah. I can live with it from allison exactly all right well we've got cam york to talk about and our nemesis of the week coming up next today's episode is brought to you by bet online betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis you can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, esports, and of course, the NHL. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find links to those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Russ, Cam York, we mentioned him in the first segment in our preview of tonight's game against the Leafs. And, uh, you know, it is a relatively small sample size mm -hmm. for his stats this year. He's got 12 games played. He's got a goal and seven assists. Uh, last season in 30 games played, had three goals, seven assists, but he was a negative 14. Uh, right now he's a positive eight which mm -hmm. shows, I think, you know, 
they talked about why they sent him to Lehigh Valley to improve on certain things. And from all reports, from what we see, and from John Tortorella, more importantly, he likes what he's seen and thinks that Cam York has improved. Uh, just digging into it, you know, what's your take on the level of improvement and was the Lehigh Valley time successful? Yeah, the Lehigh Valley time was definitely successful. I also think it helps um, being paired with Ivan Provorov, who's also improved from last year too. I think both those things have really uh, helped him defensively. Uh, when we're looking at the um, offensive part of his game, it's it's really good, except I don't think he gets enough shot opportunities, and I think uh, that's part of uh, an issue, on partly an issue on the power play, partly an issue of Provorov actually probably taking a little bit more of that than I'd like to see uh, compared to York. But you know, this year, I don't know if you could do much about that. The um, The physicality of his game is still poor. Um, his his hits against are higher than his hits by a lot. Like, you know, we're talking yeah. about percentage, but it's still a lot. And if you're going to be a top pairing number two guy in the league, which I don't think he is, but even if you're going to be a four, a three or a four, you're going to have to pick that part of your game up. I know a couple of years ago, like he showed that picture where he, you know, he gained some muscle and he was feeling pretty good about himself. Still doesn't have the strength, though. Having muscles is great. Uh, having strength and technique sometimes is is a different story. So this is something that he really still needs to work on a lot. Uh, other than that, yeah, they mean the, the additional speed has been great. The stick handling and hockey IQ has been really good. I think, you know, we're talking about a 45 to 50 point defenseman. I don't think we're talking about anything like a 70 point defenseman or more like, no. you know, like, like Dan Boyle, like John's hoping for. I don't think we're talking that, but he could be really effective in a lot of different areas of the game. And, and that's where I think that's the, the best part of Cam York is. So if we can get a little more physicality out of him, he checks off a lot of boxes. Yeah. He does have the lowest hits per 60 at five on five of all the flyers defensemen. Um, so, um, he also has to really like improve the giveaway to takeaway ratio. I think that, you know, while he doesn't give away the puck a ton, um, he doesn't take away the puck that much right now either. And that he should improve on that over time. Uh, But I think, you know, it it is something that's there that he's going to have to continue to work on. Um, I thought it was interesting just on uh, Money Puck, looking up the stats of Flyers defensive pairings. If you look at the overall stats of the pairs, the best one, you know, on the Flyers so far overall, not even just with Cam York, is when he's paired with Sanheim. They have the best expected goals for and the lowest expected goals against as a pair. And I thought that was interesting because I think, you know, individually for Cam York, his his game improves better when he's paired with Provy, but yet this Sanheim York pairing is better overall. And I don't know, like, what do you do with that, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, you could just, you know, make Ristolainen your number two and not care about not getting any points. And that might solve that because I think he was okay in that spot. Uh, if you could have York help out Sanheim and get him a more, a little more on the board. I might be willing to uh, to do that and look at that. You know, the other thing with um, with the way that York is playing right now is he and Frost should be the guys that if you're going to slingshot the puck to him, let him bring it up into the offensive zone. They've only allowed that at times, and and the rest has been ugly and almost garbage. Like those are the two guys that are your best bet right. 
to bring the puck up. They do a good job. They know where to go. They're fast. Again, this seems too easy for me to say, but for them to put it into practice has been hard. Yeah, I think that's very true as well. Um, Flyers slingshot has always been a source of consternation for me. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I I think that you really need to have the right guy to be able to do it. And the Flyers have generally not been successful. It's true. But yeah, I do think overall Cam York is in a a good position. And I Mm -hmm. do like think that whether he's on the top pairing every now and again with Provy, I think that's the best balance, right? Just have him up there every now and again to really improve some of those individual skills, but then have him paired with Sandheim for overall gameplay and allow him to be sheltered a little bit offensively because Sandheim's going to take over on that front in a pairing like that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see that pairing this year, though. That's the I, I just feel like... <laughs> It's uh, that's why I say it's a quandary because you know this are there, but you know they're not going to do it. If it's something we want, it probably won't happen. Yeah. That's the reality. All right, we're gonna wrap up with our nemesis of the week. And last week we talked about the sustainability of the win streak. So far, so good. Uh, tough competition against the Leafs tonight and Buffalo tomorrow night. And uh, man, I think I I just got to go straight personal for this nemesis this week because I don't want to risk anything. So I think for me this week, uh, it is my birthday later this week, and uh, this will be the first birthday in a very long time without having the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers have the same birthday as me. And it's something I've always, you know, enjoyed over this last stretch when Claude Giroux was the captain of the team having the same birthday as him. And I don't have that this year and it makes me very sad. So it is my nemesis this week. Oh, I guess they have to find another captain now with your birthday. That's hard to do. Uh, I think, I do think Felix Sandstrom has that birthday too. Okay. He just never will be captain. I know. That's the only, that's the only downside. All right. My, my nemesis of the week is when do we decide that we're not saying happy new year anymore? Is it seven days into the new year, 10 days into the new year? Like I think two or three days into the new year. Like if you haven't wished everybody, just give it up. I just say, just give it up. I don't know. Like if I'm going to see somebody on January 20th and I haven't seen them since the new year changed, do I even say happy new year? I'm going to go with no, but I don't know your feeling on it, but that's my nemesis. No, but you still can't ask them how their holidays were. You may not that's say fair. happy new year, but you can say, yeah. oh, what'd you do over the holidays? That's Maybe good. Until, I don't the, want to until the end of January or so. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, don't say happy new year to me. Even tonight in the press box, I'm not going to say it back. All right. Well, I will make sure to (laughs) say that. All right. (laughs) That'll do it for today's show. We are going to be back on Tuesday. Uh, Again, just we won't have a Monday show. This is sort of counting as the Monday show for this week. So we're going to recap both the Leafs and the Sabres uh, on that show. And we're going to check in with the Phantoms and talk more about Bobby Brink's return then. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next, check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.